Welcome to Defiant Health Radio, a place where you can count on hearing about the truth in health, uncolored by interests of big pharma, the generally misplaced motivations of healthcare and doctors, just ideas and strategies that work safely, effectively, and inexpensively. I'm your host, Dr. William Davis, cardiologist and author of the Wheat Belly and Undoctored Books, and now my newest book, Super Gut, a four-week plan to reprogram your microbiome, restore health, and lose weight. In Supergut, I discussed two major topics. One, we have lost microbes that performed important functions for our health. And two, in their place, unhealthy, mostly stool microbes have proliferated. I therefore show you how to correct these situations, including how to cultivate specific bacterial species, such as my favorite, Lactobacillus rotari, that, when replaced, achieves extraordinary benefits that includes having increased empathy for other people, being able to understand another person's point of view better. Ladies love it because it smooths skin wrinkles, also deepens sleep, and restores youthful muscle and strength. That's just one microbe. I show you how to restore this and other microbes lost from the human microbiome to yield other benefits such as shrinking your waist circumference, reducing arthritis pain, accelerating recovery from strenuous work or exercise, improving the health of your baby and children. I also detail how you can take steps to push back the overgrowth of unhealthy bacteria using various easy-to-put-to-use strategies. No book before Supergut has provided the detail on practical, actionable strategies that you can put to work to obtain the results you desire. You'll find Supergut just about anywhere they sell books. In this episode of Defiant Health, I focus on the topic of hypothyroidism and thyroid health. Even though I and others have discussed thyroid health many times, I'm surprised at the number of people who have not heard these arguments. For instance, many people, mostly women by the way, take levothyroxine for the T4 thyroid hormone, but continue to experience symptoms such as cold hands and feet, low energy, dry itchy skin, constipation, depression, higher blood sugars and blood pressure, all the phenomena of hypothyroidism despite taking levothyroxine. And the solution can be so simple. So in this episode of Defiant Health, let's talk about hypothyroidism and how to get it right. Later in the podcast, let's talk about Defiant Health's sponsor, Paleo Valley. Their fermented grass-fed beef sticks, bone broth protein rich in collagen, Organic super greens and low-carb superfood bars have among the cleanest ingredient lists in the industry. And of course, they're delicious. In this episode of Defiant Health, I'd like to go over what I believe are some important issues in thyroid health, especially hypothyroidism. Despite having written a lot about thyroid in my blogs, in my books, and having talked about it quite a bit, I still see people struggling to get their arms around the thyroid issues, and of course many of their doctors also seem to get it wrong or just don't care enough to get it right. And they're following outdated methods of assessment, outdated methods of correcting thyroid health. So let's cover a number of issues that are relevant to thyroid health. Well, first of all, thyroid dysfunction is epidemic. Depending on how you define thyroid dysfunction, you could easily identify 20 to 35% of all Americans having some form of thyroid dysfunction. And it's more common in women for unclear reasons. 
So why is there so much thyroid dysfunction in our world? Well, there's a list of reasons. One is consumption of the gliadin protein of wheat and related proteins in other grains. The proteins in rye and barley and corn can also mimic the effects of the gliadin protein. We know with good science that the gliadin protein of wheat opens the doors to autoimmune diseases by increasing the gap between intestinal cells. This can actually be measured. So the gliadin, and this is not just people with celiac, this is everybody who consumes wheat increases intestinal permeability. And that is the process that initiates autoimmune diseases. Foreign substances, such as the partially digested food that your GI tract is digesting, or bacterial byproducts can gain entry into the bloodstream, and that sets the autoimmune disease in motion, including Hashimoto's thyroiditis, the most common form of autoimmune attack against the thyroid gland. It's important to note that agribusiness and agricultural scientists have changed the structure of gliadin. For this reason, there's been a fourfold increase in celiac disease. And the gliadin, the current form of gliadin in modern wheat products is more likely to provoke autoimmune diseases like Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Iodine deficiency is another common cause for thyroid dysfunction. You know, most of us have forgotten that deficiency of iodine was a major public health problem all throughout human history until 1924, when it was finally figured out that people who developed goiters, that is enlarged thyroid glands that are visible on the neck, was due to lack of iodine. So the FDA in 1924 asked salt manufacturers to add iodine to their salt. And then they launched a public health campaign, an education campaign, and told people, use more iodized salt, keep your family goiter free. Well, Americans listened to that message and started salting their food enthusiastically. Well, fast forward many years and dietary guidelines told us to cut fat, cut saturated fat, eat more healthy whole grains and everything in moderation. Well, that style of eating causes salt retention. High blood pressure became much more common as a result, but instead of blaming the dietary guidelines and the consumption of wheat, grains, and sugars, they blamed the salt. And they told everybody, cut back on your salt, forgetting that that's how people got iodine. And so uh, we all need to get iodine. Now, you can get a little bit from fish and shellfish and seaweed, but most of us don't eat those things every day. So the easiest thing to do is get iodine as a kelp tablet or as potassium iodide drops. All humans need iodine. Not only the thyroid needs iodine, breast tissue is reliant on iodine, and lack of iodine may lead to fibrocystic breast disease. The salivary glands and the lymphoid tissue in lining your gastrointestinal tract, they also need iodine. So you, everybody needs iodine is not an option. Another factor in causing thyroid dysfunction is bacterial endotoxemia. And all that means is that the microbes living in your GI tract live and die rapidly, right? They only live for a few minutes to hours, when they die, they release some of their breakdown products, some of which gains entry into the bloodstream. This is called endotoxemia, only recently validated. This now explains how gastrointestinal microbes can be experienced as skin rashes, like rosacea or psoriasis or eczema, or as joint or muscle pain of fibromyalgia or rheumatoid arthritis, or in the brain as depression, Parkinson's disease. Alzheimer's dementia. In other words, 
This process of endotoxemia coming from bowel microbes can affect any organ in the entire body. And you can imagine that if you have SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, a situation in which unhealthy, mostly stool microbes have proliferated in the colon, but then ascended up into the 24 feet of small bowel, the ileum, jejunum, duodenum, and stomach, adding up to 30 feet of unhealthy microbes turning over rapidly, trillions of them, and releasing some of their breakdown products into the bloodstream. So you can imagine that endotoxemia is far worse when you have SIBO. And that's another major contributor to thyroid dysfunction. It can cause autoimmune thyroid disease. It can prevent conversion of the T4 thyroid hormone to the T3 active form of thyroid hormone. If you've been following my conversations in this podcast, Define Health Podcast, or read my new book, Super Gut, you now know that SIBO is also epidemic, affecting, by my estimation, one in three Americans, easily over 100 million people in this country alone with this problem that can be experienced as many other conditions far away from the gastrointestinal tract. Now, if you think this applies to you, I invite you to take a look at my Super Gut book or take a look at the many conversations we have about SIBO and related conditions in my drdavisinfinitehealth.com website. The Defiant Health Podcast is sponsored by Paleo Valley, makers of delicious grass-fed beef sticks, healthy snack bars, and other terrific products. We are very picky around here and insist that any product we consider has no junk ingredients like maltodextrin, carrageenan, carboxymethylcellulose, sucralose, and of course, no added sugars. And all Paleo Valley products contain no gluten nor grains. In fact, I find Paleo Valley products among the cleanest of any in their category, and they're truly delicious. One of the habits I urge everyone to get into is to include a fermented food product at least once, if not several times per day in their lifestyles. Unlike nearly all other beef sticks available, the Paleo Valley grass-fed beef sticks are all naturally fermented, meaning they contain probiotic bacterial species. And if, like most people, you don't have the time to make batches of bone broths or soups every week or every day, Paleo Valley has an excellent grass-fed bone broth protein powder that packs 15 grams of collagen per scoop for skin and joint health while providing the health benefits of bone broth. Shipping is free for orders of $75 or more. For more information or to order, go to paleovalley.com. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com. Enter the discount code DEFIANT, not case sensitive, for a 15% discount to Defiant Health listeners. The web address is also listed in the Defiant Health show notes that accompany this podcast. And be sure to take a look at their other products, such as their organic super greens, rich with phytonutrients, and their super food bars that come in dark chocolate chip, apple cinnamon, and lemon meringue. They're low carb, of course, with 8 grams net carbs per bar. Let's now talk about the symptoms of thyroid dysfunction. Let's start with talking about hypothyroidism, that is, a situation in which your thyroid gland is producing insufficient quantities of thyroid hormone. The most common symptoms are the ones I mentioned in the opening comments earlier, but they are most commonly inappropriately cold, hands and feet, low energy, 
dry, itchy skin, constipation, depression, need for more sleep, higher blood sugar, higher blood pressure, thinning hair, water retention. In other words, being hypothyroid can cause you to be quite miserable. Now, symptoms of hyperthyroidism are kind of the opposite. It's anxiety, a racing heart, nervousness, diarrhea, unexplained weight loss, inability to sleep. We won't focus much on hyperthyroidism except to say that those causes I listed, like the gliadin protein of wheat and bacterial endotoxemia, those are important to pay attention to. But if you develop hyperthyroidism, it's not something, sadly, you can manage on your own. But hypothyroidism does require your knowledge and input in order to be managed properly. Well, what are the long-term consequences of hypothyroidism? Say it's mismanaged or ignored, or you didn't have symptoms, and that can happen also. What happens to you? What can happen to your health if you fail to address your thyroid function? Well, you can gain a lot of weight. You can retain a lot of water, develop heart disease, one of the most potent cardiovascular risk factors for coronary disease, that is heart attack, sudden cardiac death, need for stent implantation or bypass surgery. One of the most potent cardiovascular risk factors is hypothyroidism. Long-standing hypothyroidism can lead to SIBO, the overproliferation of stool microbes in the entire length of the GI tract, because the action, the propulsive action of the gastrointestinal tract is slowed when you have hypothyroidism. Another consequence is what's called intestinal methanogen overgrowth. This is overgrowth of an unusual bunch of species called archaea or methanogens. They're called that because they produce methane gas. Well, the slowed propulsive action of hypothyroidism encourages proliferation of these unusual microbes, and it causes bad constipation. Once again, if you think these situations apply to you, I invite you to take part in the conversations in my Super Gut book or in my drdavisinfinitehealth.com website. It's important to note, and we'll talk about how many people who do have hypothyroidism are prescribed the T4 thyroid hormone, but not the T3 thyroid hormone. And people who take the T4 only often have persistent symptoms of hypothyroidism, but it also can cause SIBO. That is, when you have the slowed propulsive action because you're taking the T4 thyroid hormone, but not the T3, one of the consequences can be SIBO and intestinal methanogen overgrowth. How can you know whether your cold hands and feet or your thinning hair or your constipation are being caused by thyroid dysfunction? Well, there's two ways. An easy screening method is to take your oral temperature. Some people say axillary or armpit temperature. That's not correct. There's too much variation, as much as two degrees Fahrenheit up and down when you take an axillary temperature, depending on what you're wearing, ambient temperatures, whether you're sweating, other factors. So do not use axillary temperature. Use an oral temperature. Actually, the ideal temperature is a rectal temperature, but most people don't want to do that to, uh, when they first arise in the morning. So you want to get your oral temperature immediately upon arising. Don't drink water. Don't take a sip of coffee. Don't brush your teeth. You should have the thermometer, digital thermometer at your bedside as soon as you awaken, put it in your mouth and then take your oral temperature. You want to leave it there at least two minutes to get the full temperature a reading. That is to let the thermometer warm up. And you want a temperature of 97.3, not 98.6. Temperature in the bo human body follows a circadian rhythm. 
and the highest temperature is in the late afternoon. The lowest temperature is about 4 a.m. Well, most of us don't get up at 4 a.m., so we adjust it by time to about 7 or 8 a.m., and your temperature at that point should be 97.3. Now, if your temperature is substantially lower than that, repeatedly, that's a sign. It's a great screening test for hypothyroidism. And likewise, if it's higher than 97.3, that can tell you that you're hyper thyroid. So let's say you take it on one day and it's 95.7, 96.1, 96.0. Well, you're likely hypothyroid. If it's 97.1, 97.3, you probably are not. You're probably just fine. But if it has, if it's higher, 98.2, something like that, that's a sign of hyperthyroidism. Now, you'll have to validate whether or not this is true by using blood tests. Contrary to what most of my colleagues do, a TSH, a thyroid stimulating hormone, all by itself is not a full look into your thyroid status. So a full look into your thyroid status would include a TSH, a thyroid stimulating hormone, and the higher the TSH, the greater the hypothyroidism. Now, there's a lot of debate about what constitutes an ideal TSH. I would argue that it's 2.0 microunits or less, but no lower than 0.2 so a healthy range, I believe an ideal range is 0.2 to 2.0 microunits. But there are additional tests that I think you should do to get a full look into your thyroid status. You want the actual thyroid hormone levels themselves. And those are the best tests are free T3 and free T4. The free meaning they're unbound to proteins. It's the free active fraction. So you want a free T3 and a free T4. You can also get something called a reverse T3, which is a mirror image of T3 that develops for odd reasons, sometimes for no clear reason that, that can be identified, sometimes because of adrenal dysfunction, and sometimes because of SIBO. But the mirror image T3 can block the action of the real T3. And you, if you have an increased level of reverse T3, it can cause hypothyroid symptoms. You also want to get thyroid antibodies because that's the only way to tell if you have an autoimmune thyroid condition like Hashimoto's thyroiditis or Graves' disease. And those two antibodies are the anti-thyroglobulin antibody and the antiperoxidase antibody. Those are easy to obtain. You may need to insist that your doctor check these tests. If he or she refuses, find a doctor who will or find a laboratory that will allow you to obtain this full thyroid panel without the doctor's involvement. Optimal levels of the T3 and T4 are typically in the upper half of the reference range, which differs from lab to lab. So very easy rule of thumb, aim for the upper half of the reference range quoted by your laboratory. A very common problem that I've mentioned is that many people who have hypothyroidism and have been prescribed the T4 thyroid hormone as levothyroxine or Synthroid. Now, many people who take only the T4 thyroid hormone as I mentioned, will still have hypothyroid symptoms. They say things like, I take my levothyroxine and my doctor says my TSH is good and that I'm fully replaced, but I'm still cold all the time. I can't lose weight. I'm gaining weight. I retain water. My hair is thinning. My skin is dry. I'm constipated. I need too much sleep. In other words, you can take the T4 yet have persistent symptoms of hypothyroidism. I believe the mistake being made in conventional circles is that all those factors that impair thyroid status, like endotoxemia, like SIBO, 
like exposure to industrial compounds like bisphenol A or perfluorooctanoic acid and hundreds of others that are everywhere in the air, water, soil, food, and in our bodies. And these compounds are unusually persistent. If you were exposed, for instance, to perfluorooctanoic acid, PFOA, 10 years ago, because a restaurant you went to used a nonstick Teflon-coated cooking pan, you still have that PFOA in your body. That's how persistent it is. Well, these things all disrupt thyroid status, including blocking the conversion of the T4 thyroid hormone that you're taking as levothyroxine to the active thyroid hormone T3. And so if you're exposed to these factors blocking conversion to the active form of thyroid hormone, you can take all the levothyroxine you want and yet still have persistent phenomena, persistent symptoms of hypothyroidism. I wish I could tell you there's a way to get rid of all these conditions. Well, you can address the SIBO, of course. You can address endotoxemia. So once again, see my drdavisinfinitehealth.com website or the Supergut book for the choices you have in validating whether or not this is true and then what to do about it. Unfortunately, no one has yet devised the means of removing industrial compounds from your body. All you can do is try to minimize your exposure in the future, but I know of no method to actually extract these toxic chemicals from your body. So we use a workaround. We take the T3 thyroid hormone along with the T4 thyroid hormone. Now you do this, you accomplish this by getting someone to prescribe, typically a functional medicine doctor or someone else who has an open mind, does not adhere to conventional thinking that tell, that makes doctors prescribe only the T4 thyroid hormone. You want to have a doctor prescribe a T4, T3 combination, such as Nature Throid, Armor Thyroid, Urfa, ERFA, and several others. They're easy, they're not very expensive, and they are available, but you have to get someone to prescribe it for you. Now, there are some other solutions suggested by all these factors I've been discussing. So avoiding the gliadin protein of wheat and related proteins in rye, barley, and corn can help not developing, to not develop an autoimmune thyroid condition like Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Get iodine. So I advocate an intake of about 300, 350, 400 micrograms or so of iodine per day. Very easy to accomplish, inexpensive as kelp tablets, dried seaweed tablets, which provide a mixture of iodine forms or potassium iodide drops. I actually prefer the kelp because it provides many different forms of iodine, such as potassium iodide, sodium iodide, potassium iodate, sodium iodate, molecular iodine, iodinated proteins. And so it kind of stacks the odds in favor of getting the different sorts of iodine that various body parts may need. Of course, if you think that SIBO and endotoxemia are issues for you, once again, refer to my website or my super gut book. And of course, if you must take a thyroid hormone preparation, insist that your doctor assesses your free T3 status and considers prescribing the T4 plus T3 combination preparations. Now, not everybody does better on a combination preparation. About one in five people, about 20% of people will say, if I take the combination preparation, I get kind of jittery and I can't sleep. They become a little bit hyperthyroid. So if that happens, you you may be among the small, the minority of people who do just fine on levothyroxine, but the majority, about 80% of people do better by addressing the T3 thyroid hormone. Now, if you've learned something from this podcast, I invite you to subscribe through your favorite podcast directory, post a review, post a comment, and tell your friends, help us build this movement of self-empowerment in health. Thanks for listening. 